Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Getting back to the office, I recently did a poll on my LinkedIn, and the question was, in this period of working differently, what is the main feeling about returning to the working environment? And I conducted that poll Um, in preparation for doing this recording. Of the people that responded, 37% said they were looking forward about returning to the working environment. 37% said they would rather continue as now. 13% said nothing had changed. And 13% said they were nervous. One of the considerations about getting back to the office is that leaders, managers, At whatever level you are, SMT, chief execs, first line managers, second line managers, directors, new to management, having many years experience within management and leading, and whether that's your colleagues and or your peers, whoever it is within the organisation, these groups of individuals, those that are looking forward to it, those that would rather continue as whatever their current circumstances are, or nervous, are all going to come back into the office at some point and all of them will require managing and leading and working with slightly differently. This is the true incidence of one size is not going to fit all. We have been through and are still going through unprecedented times. It's a phrase that I've heard a lot and in reality it's the truth. This has never happened before. We've gone into lockdown, we've come out of lockdown, we're going back into a semi-lockdown. Some areas are in lockdown, some aren't. Some people have chosen to go away and take a holiday and some people can't get back and some people have come back and some people have come back and have gone straight back into quarantine, for want of a better word, for 14 days. So as managers and leaders within this whole environment that we are currently operating in, You will not have dealt with this before in any way, shape or form. So think about, and I'll list some of the considerations. We need to be considering, or you need to be considering, whether you're a manager, a leader, or a a colleague or a peer, it is affecting all of us, some of us far more than others, because some are worried, some aren't, some believe it's a scam, some don't. Some are happy to wear masks, others aren't. Um, Some are not socially distancing, some are. Some are just acting as though nothing has changed and some aren't. There's a massive mix and confluence in a melting pot that we need to work our way through. So what are some of the considerations? Um, Who is coming back? So some people have been on furlough. Some people are currently working as though nothing had happened, but they're working in a different environment. Some people within this whole process have actually been made redundant. 
Some people have lost their jobs. Some people's businesses have just disappeared. Um, and as the leader that you are, how is your business, whatever your business is, how has your business been affected by what's been going on? Some industries have gone down. Some industries are not going to come back. So what has happened to the economic viability of your business that you are a leader, a manager or a member of staff in? It will affect what can be done and how it can be done. So the considerations, change, what has changed? And a lot has changed. Now, we can look at this from purely the perspective of what has changed within the business and what needs to change within the business. So um, spacing of how staff sit, how staff associate, are there restrictions on social distances? For offices that have always been or have moved towards in the previous few years, hot desking, can you still hot desk or will you have to and now need to allocate space to people? If you are hot desking, how are you going to qualify, quantify the numbers of people that can actually be in the office or the space that you operate within over a certain period of time? How are you going to make that booking system, for want of a better phrase, work or operate? If you are socially distancing within your office, an office layout varies, so you will know what this means to, to yourselves. How are you going to safely allocate spaces for people to come in and out of the offices? I'm walking in and out of shops and um, various locations currently, and you've got sort of a one-way system going around. Can you do that in your office? Do you need to do that in your office? What are your catering facilities like? Um, you know, where do people go for lunch or breakfast or you know teas and coffees? Some of this is some of the small considerations that are going to be required, and and this is vital. When change is happening, good old Maslow, which you can knock out of a cocktail in a lot of respects, but good old Maslow comes back in. The bottom levels of Maslow are that real basic needs of warmth, water, um, food, sustenance. The second level is safety and procedures. Now, some people, some of us, some of you that are listening to this will be up in the top levels and you'll be absolutely fine. You will have other people in your teams that have come right back down to that bottom level, bottom two levels, and need those satisfied before they can even consider working up and working to their best and being at their best. If people have been furloughed and they've been on 80% of salary, how has that affected their financial situations and circumstances within their private lives? If somebody is a primary breadwinner and potentially they have overspent, got credit card debts, whatever it might be, their partner may have lost their their job or their if they were self-employed, their their income has completely dissipated, it's gone. How are they coming back into the work? Because there will be potentially other considerations external to the working environment. So the emotional intelligence required and compassion 
required from leaders and managers within business at this particular point is vital that it wakes up and is utilised. People are going to be coming back in with very different, some, not all, very different positions to that which they went out. And of course, they've gone out of the normal working environment, whatever that might be and might mean. And if they have been working at home and they are one of the group who would rather continue as now, which is 37%, it's a big percentage, when they are being asked to come back into the office, they're going to be giving up actually something they really enjoy and like. Now, I know that doesn't fit for everybody. For those that are looking forward to coming back in, they're looking forward to coming back in, but they're going to be meeting people that don't want to be there and may for the first time in their working career have accessed working from home. So flexible working may be a consideration, if it wasn't before, of becoming a bigger thing for the organisation that you're working for or the team that you're working for. I can tell you quite a few stories about flexible working and how it works when the managers and leaders believe it will work and how it becomes a real problem when the managers and leaders believe it won't work. Um, it's, a, it's a focused down result from these sorts of things. So considerations coming back in, yes, there's a lot of change, but um, who is coming back? When are they coming back? So the timings of who comes back, when and how. What does that mean for the social aspect of the working environment and the working day? And what does that also mean for their travel arrangements? How are they going to get to work? Are they going to come in on public transport? Are they happy to come in on public transport? Or will you potentially, as I know one organisation is doing, is providing um, cabs for their staff teams to come in? Now, here's the thing. If you provide paid for transport for one member of staff, then it really needs to be for all members of staff. Otherwise, potentially, you'll end up with the favouritism thing going on. So there is a lot to this about the strategy that the leaders and the managers design and create linked into the principles and the values of the organisation about how people get back to the office, get back to work, whatever that ends up looking like. So coming back into the office, what are the motivations of the people that are coming in? Is it to work? Is it to socialise? Is it to be reacquainted with their colleagues? This will all take additional time because every member of staff will have their own personal stories. They will want to catch up. And they will want to share in their own way, in their own time. Now, the other one of the other considerations in this, and it's a very sad one to think about and to consider, some of the people coming back into the office, so getting back to the office, coming back to work, may have lost a loved one throughout this whole process. Now, losing a loved one is bad enough when it happens, when you can actually visit them in hospital, when you can attend their funeral, cremation, celebration of life. And of course, as part of this whole process, some people have not been able to do that. This will add an 
added layer of grief and emotion onto that that is already there. There'll be anger attached to it. There will be grief attached to it. There will be sadness attached to it. As normal, and my belief is it will be escalated. If people are coming back into the office in waves, in um, series, and some people may come in one day, some people may come in another day, some people may stay from working from home, some people may come back into the office, how is the communication process going to be created so that everybody feels involved? Now, this is, this is really key. Communication is key at the best of times. I'm hearing quite a few messages coming through to me around some some people and bad news always travels faster than good as you all know <laughs> um, some people are not being communicated to at all by their organizations or their leaders or their managers how is your communication how is the communication to those that are in the office and to those that aren't in the office going to be consistent so they all get the message at the same time or as close to the same time as they can. If people are coming back into the office, that could actually lead to, and I mentioned it before, for favouritism. I have seen people who are working in an office when part of their team isn't, be perceived as being favourites when actually they're not. So there's lots of things within all of this, huge amounts um, that need to be considered. Coming back into the office, one of the things with working in an office and with I talked very briefly about the economic situation of the business and has that been affected and potentially people have been made redundant. What are people's goals? What is the organisation's goals? Is the vision still the same? Is the mission still the same? What's happened to the strategic plan? What has happened to the results whilst this whole process has been going on and we are still going through it has the organizational strategic plan does it need to change has it changed how are people's performance criterias which may link into a performance review which may link into a pay rise coming in the future how is that being managed what needs to be communicated linked to that have the goals changed have their standards of requirements for what they achieve changed have they lessened in some cases have they gone up how is that being managed how are you going to manage that how is that being communicated and as a team so there will be another recording um, called agile working and there'll be one called unity working together and there'll be another one called productivity all of these are going to link together. There'll be another one um, linked to mindset as well. But all of these link together. No, no one thing sits in isolation and on its own. So please listen to the rest of the recordings when they come through. And they'll be available. So look at the results. Look at the consequences. There was another poll done. Which was around in this time of change in this time of uncertainty which is exactly what it is we are uncertain about all sorts of things 35% of leaders said they wanted 
um, some information on maintaining engagement and 50% of leaders said they wanted some information on support and challenge. So how do you do both in this time? And another poll I did, I've really researched some of this information as in the now because, you know, this has not happened before. 46% of one poll I did said they had felt insignificant. 17% felt they had been occasionally feeling insignificant. That's a 63% of individuals that responded to the poll. And I attract HR, I attract leaders, I attract managers, I attract, you know, chief execs, SMT people. They're the kind of people, business owners that respond to my polls. That 63% said either occasionally or a fair chunk of the time, they actually feel insignificant. Now, as leaders and managers within this whole process and colleagues and peers, how do you and your colleagues and peers create an environment where the insignificance is lessened, the value is upped, the contribution, the compassion, the authenticity and the integrity of actions become true to word linked into the values of the organisation that you work for. There is so much to this. So getting back to the office as a title is actually really simple. simple. You come back to the office. But what's behind coming back to the office is so much. It will affect people's motivations. It will affect results. This is leaders as well. This is the chief exec. We're all going through this regardless of what position we're at. It will affect, it is change, and it's change management in its grandest form. It will affect the results, it will affect timings, it will affect uh, flexible working, it will affect people's motivations, it will affect how people interact with each other, within each, with each other's, it will affect the relationships between each other. So relationship awareness is key within this. Some people will tell you how they feel. Some people won't. Within the role of manager, within the role of leader, within the role of caring colleague. How do we support people to come through what may have happened? And they may tell us and they may not. This is a big subject. It has been imposed change on all of us within all of our aspects of life. So getting back to the office, there is more I can do on this. If anybody wants a, a free consultation, a free conversation with me, please connect with me. Connect at clavum.global is the email. So connect at clavum, C-L-A-V-E-M dot global. Email me, connect with me on LinkedIn, message me and we can arrange a complimentary half hour call to do whatever we can do within a conversation to enable you to be better placed to deal with whatever it is you are needing to deal with, whether that be for you personally or for when you go back into your business, your office, your position, whatever that might be. So this is Julie Hogbin, Conscious Leadership Strategist for Business and Life. Anticipating that this first recording has supported you 
and possibly challenged you within what you need to do going forward. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.